Welcome to Solve This Murder. I'm your detective, Bill. And I am your crime scene criminal and witnesses, Danny. We're on part three of the Murder on the Links. In part two, I investigated the study, found a recently changed will, and a fragment of a check made out to Devine. When examining Mr. Reynolds' body, we discovered he had been stabbed with a knife belonging to his wife, a gift from their son. We also found an unhinged love note from someone named Bella. And finally, I questioned the wife, and she told quite a story about two bearded South American men who questioned her husband about his secrets before taking him outside. Okay, what is my next step? What have I done? I've, I've, I suppose I haven't really been to the crime scene, have I? No, you haven't. I was about to say I've investigated everything here at the at the villa, but I don't think I have. I haven't seen where he was stabbed and grave. No, you haven't done much exploring outside of the house itself. I think the exploration is is the theme of this episode. Mm. Unless I find some stuff at this <laughs> crime scene that is incredibly intriguing. Why don't I take a step out and investigate? Let's go to the gardens. Give it a shot. I haven't even been to the links. Honestly. Is that where he got killed? In the links? That's where he was found. Cool. All right. Let's go to the links. So... You exit the main house, mm. you walk down. Actually, that didn't. That wasn't where you finished. You finished in the shed, didn't you? The shed is an <laughs> aspect of the main house. All right. So for whatever reason, you, you went into the main house again to use the bathroom. Sure. Now you come back out the main house, down the steps. Mm-hmm. To each side of these steps is a big oval garden. Should I draw a little map? I don't know. Probably not, but it, maybe it'll help. It'll be it'll be joyous. So let's do it. Let's find out. I've got a little. Ha- I've got a, well, not a little. I've got a massive house. Ooh, look at my big house. I'm gonna give it wings. So it looks like a big letter E. Uh, it's got a shed around the back. It's got some stairs going down, and then either of those, I have little ovals of garden. Yes, they have some very freshly planted flowers in them. Lovely. One of them, the lefter of the two gardens, has a. Big tree, like over the top of it. Big tree. So yeah, that tree basically just hangs right against the side of the house. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. Any questions? Any questions? Yes, I do have a question. I look at the tree that hangs by the side of the house. Mm -hmm. Depending on the type of tree, does it look like it would be sturdy enough that if one were to climb said tree, you could access higher levels of the house? Yes, yes, it does. I look at Poirot with it, and I give him a knowing glance. Mm. We sh- we share a knowing glance, I should hope. Yes, yes, quite. Do I know what rooms are by the tree? By the upperest bits of the tree on the second floor. Looks like that'd be the bedroom. Ooh, okay, okay. We're we're going around the grounds, everybody, and we are discovering fun facts. And the t- tree access to bedroom is an interesting fact. Are there any scraps of clothes conveniently hidden in the boughs of the tree? No, you don't notice anything in particular or around about the, the tree. base of the tree. Well, the base of the tree is this big, uh, this big garden. Here. Did you also mention freshly planted flowers? Yeah, looks How? like in both of the gardens. Do, uh, any particular type of flower that's relevant? Oh, I can't remember. I think they were gardenias, maybe. No, that's just because you remember the word garden. Damn. <laughs> No, I don't remember what sort of flowers okay, but they were. But they're freshly but planted. Yeah, it looks like a gardener must have just done this very recently. Can I dig around the flowers myself looking for clues? Yeah, you consider it, but it's actually, it's very immaculate. The dirt around these flowers is very flat, very spotless, very untouched. There are gardens. The gardens have flowers. It's freshly dirted dirt. It means no one was, wa- 
Oh, wait a second. Fresh dirt. Freshly dug whatever. Mm-hmm. Surely if I had climbed up the tree, I would have left a trail of dirt somewhere, wouldn't I? Like, to get to the tree and going through the flower bushes, surely I have to tramp up some fresh dirt. Uh, at the very least, you would expect some sort of sign of that happening, yes. Or on people's shoes. Oh, no! Is this the second mystery in which I need to go and check people's shoes for dirt? <laughs> I think that if anyone were tramping around in the dirt, they'd have been careful enough to clean them. Okay. But, no, you don't see any sign in this dirt of anything having happened. So, no tramping. And in the bedroom, no, you don't recall any dirt. Huh. If I check the other garden, does it look as immaculate as this one? No, there are boots oh. all through it. Boot, boot stomps through it. That's interesting. Does someone want to hide boot stomps by churning, like, by redoing? Do those plant, do those flowers look as new? Yes. But they have boot stomps all around there. But, yes, the non-tree garden bed. But not around the tree. That feels like there yeah. should be boot stomps around the tree, but someone has deliberately covered it up to be like, oh no, my footprints. Let me churn up the garden, like redo the, the soil a bit. Because if there are boot stomps on the other one, does it look do, do like workers have worked in the garden? Is that the thought? You... I don't know how well Hastings can analyse a footprint. It would not surprise you to find out, to, to hear that this was a worker, possibly even the gardener themselves. That feels like there should be boot stomps by the tree, and the fact that there aren't is incriminating in and of itself. Hmm. Someone has tried to clean that area to hide their boot stomps. By which I mean probably some kind of other shoe stomp that was not a gardener. I think that's what I'm going to take from this. Because otherwise I'd have to dig up the whole thing to see if someone, it's, see if it's, you know, been something buried there. Yeah. I think I'm just going to take it as tree that leads to house over garden where someone has <laughs> hidden footprints is incriminating evidence, at least to my mind, if not to a court. All right, gotcha. Uh, okay. Well, I continue on to the links. Rest of the grounds. So let's take a look at what you can see from your, your big old walk. So the way that I have this in my head is you've got the big old driveway that sort of pretty much goes directly downwards down and down gate. the hill. It's got a little bit of windingness. Yeah, you've got gate one and then further down you've got the fork in the road, the other villa, and then gate two. Yep. And then off in the distance you can see you can just see the sea from the house. It looks like if you walked in a couple of different directions around this hill you could have a better view of the sea. We'll get to that. Sure. You can see a little bit of the village, the closest point that you can see and just just ever so faintly here is the train station and the sound of a train pulling in. Unless my name were Francoise, in which case I wouldn't be able to hear or see any of this. <laughs> but the big thing that you can tell is somewhere off to the, the northwest, the hill becomes steeper and you can follow it up. And in this direction, you will eventually reach the golf course. But the golf course is sort of cordoned off by made shrubbery walls around all the borders. You know, some golf courses like their privacy. Sure. So you have to get to a very specific point before you actually see and are on the golf course. The golf course is entirely encapsulated by Big Hedge. More or less. I mean, obviously there's got to be gaps for you to get through. And there is one point where, let's say the shrubbery walls have sort of intermittent gaps on them. Sure. Because, you know, people might want to go out and peek at the sea. Yeah, Because this is a hill. It's got a great view of the sea. In fact, behind one of the big shrubs, there is sort of a ledge that's got a seat built for just looking at the view. Wonderful. And not far from that seat, 
some amount of metres away, there is another smaller shed. Oh, we have a second shed? Yes. It's you, shed number two, everybody. You might recall me being really agitated as I read through the story making notes that they were very unclear about what action took place in what shed. For all you shed heads, put another dot down on your list of sheds. <laughs> list of solve this murder sheds. But I think I've gotten all the important points. Here's what I've got from that. I have a house, we have the gardens with the big tree and the plants, which have clearly been trammeled, but they have now been rendered untrammeled. Okay. Off in one direction, doesn't really matter which to me, we have the golf course. The golf course is on a hill, hedges to keep it semi-private. You can get in and out if you need to. And they're like seats to view the ocean. It's got lovely ocean views. It also has a secondary shed. And by secondary shed, I mean a primary shed for the secondary location, that location being the golf course. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, from a, If I were a golfer, I'd call that the primary shed and the shed of the house would be the secondary it's a shed. Really... They're unrelated sheds is my point. Yeah, and it's a really ding-dang dirty tiny shed. Tiny shed, golf course, looks lovely. Also, if I can go in a different direction, I get back to the fork in the road. Fork in the road also leads to... I think that sounds right. The neighbor's house. Yes. I'm happy with all that. I don't think I need a, 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 any, anything more from that as a mental image. Okay. I'm at the golf course. Great. Can I find the grave? You enter the golf course. It's basically hole one. You see this area. It's not a bunker yet. Uh, apparently the way they create bunkers. Oh, yeah. oh, give me some bunker knowledge. Was, it's just grass. Well, in this book at least. And they just sort of make a paint outline of the area that's to be dug out to fill with bunker. Sure. So you can see that paint outline and right in the middle of it... Is a grave. It's a big old grave. So it's like they knew the land was already set aside to become to be dug out, but they specifically dug out a little grave. Yeah. Weird. And very um very uh uh what's the word when you do something that's nice for people? Very conscientious, <laughs> very polite. Alternatively, very stupid. What if they'd intended to oh, fill that... it back in again? Mm, no, you're right. Basically it's like here's the two options for that. Either it is Proof that the killers didn't know anything about the golf course mm. and didn't realise this body would be immediately dug up. Mm. Or proof that whoever staged this whole open grave murder sort of thing did it knowing a lot about their golf course and not wanting to really cause a problem because I knew that them having dug a hole isn't going to be a problem because <laughs> it's going to become a bunker anyway. You know, it's, it's either or. Mm. So it could be like proof that they, uh, that they own the golf course and it's the wife. And didn't want to make her life too tar terrible. <laughs> or that they're dummies who don't understand golf courses. Okay. Indeed. And uh, you go, you take a peek at the grave, and oh my god, to your surprise, there's a person in there. What? What are you... No, 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 it's okay. They jump up. And they glare at you. And it's a dude. And he says, I specifically requested that nobody be allowed access until I was done here. It's, it's an anti-pyro. <laughs> I am Detective Giraud, and this is my crime scene. Anti-Poirot! Oh, I love it. It's like, it's all... Can I let Poirot and him have an argument about who's the cooler and more French-speaking detective? Oh, yeah, very happy to. Uh, Poirot is very much the antithesis of this guy. This guy, he's already, like, in the grave. He's, in the, he's looking around, poking around on his belly. He's looking, he's digging for clues. He doesn't mind getting and dirty. And Poirot's like... Uh, it is a fool's errand to look for clues in this situation. You must only use your brain cells, your little grey cells. But of course, the French would never understand this. Only us Belgians really understand how to solve crime. Ah, you Belgians are always talking about the little grey cells. In France, we have no little grey cells. 
So etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. You, you kind of feel good about this. <laughs> you you like this guy's style. More to, more my speed. Mm. Running around, no idea what he's doing, just digging around. <laughs> what was his name, sorry? Giraud. J I R E A U D. G I R A U D. G. But when he realizes who you are, despite still being a little bit suspicious, still being a little hackly, he goes, All right, I see that we are on the same side. Well, I am happy to impart to you what I have already discovered. Give us the give us the gas, man. Voila! Here are the things that I have found nearby this grave. <clears throat> it was dug with Mister Arnold's own shovel. No fingerprints, of course, because here gardening gloves lying nearby. They also belong to this household. Dug with PT's shovel. I'm adding to my list of <laughs> it was his wife evidence. Gardening gloves discarded at scene. Mm-hmm. So these all came from the upper shed. This lower one is uh, locked, but it is apparently just where the gardener puts rubbish. Uh, it's a temporary rubbish storage, basically, for gardening things. All right, shed number two. This is not the real is shed. Locked and garbage. <laughs> so not- this is the this is the only shed that's at the golf course. The other shed is the one at the house. Yes, great. And that is the real shed. Because if is, there were three this sheds... This one is crappy fake shed. If there were three sheds, I was going to lose <laughs> my temper. <laughs> oh. You think you're going to lose your mind at that? Wait till you hear these other things I found. One. Oh, yep. I Wait, found no, you can't say one. I'm already at four. This. And this. And he holds up two little objects that you have to take a look at. One of them is an unlit match. And the oh, other, this guy's the most clue-loving dude in the world. This is so anti-Poirot. And the other is a cigarette stub. Do you recognize this? Yeah, that's an unlit match, and that's a cigarette stub. Oh, the untrained eye. Well, luckily for you, I am an expert in smoking paraphernalia Hold from on around a second. the globe. Is that true? Wait, no, wait, stop, stop the presses. Everybody, take your presses and stop them. If you're pressing, unpress. Is this Agatha Christie deliberately making, making fun, fun of, of Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes? Holmes? I think so. Because if you read Sherlock Holmes, like like the first Sherlock Holmes story is him being like, ah, luckily I've written a treatise and on how every Poirot, on different types of ash. Every Poirot where Hastings complains that he doesn't do enough actual detecting, Poirot says, oh, you wish me to look for the cigarette ash, do you? Yeah. They make fun of it. just like, is this her just being like, get out of here. These guys, people who do this are dumb. My God. Okay. He's an expert in smoking paraphernalia. Sure, sure, man. What do you, you got to tell me about this? The two, match, the match and the cigarette, are South American in nature. I don't want to have to do an apology episode. <laughs> I don't want to do one. And uh, last but not least, I figure it is unimportant. It does not seem related to the crime as a piece of lead piping not far away. Why? Okay, look, either you think it's to do with the crime... So you mention it, or you don't think it's to do with the crime, so you don't mention it. Alternatively, typically in the book, Poirot is the one who finds it, but I don't want to give him credit. Maybe I should be able to find it. Yeah, yeah but after he's already examined everything, why would you look? Okay, there's also an, a lead pipe? Yes, a piece of lead piping. Unrela- unattached to anything? Just free, free lead pipe? Yes. For the whacking of heads? Is it a whackable piece of lead pipe? I mean, I suppose so, but look at it. Severely unwhacked. Okay, unwhacked. I'll write that. I'll put him that in brackets. No blood, no denting. Why would I have lead piping? 
Maybe he's right. Maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe Danny's just mentioning it just to throw me off. She's rude like that sometimes. Mm -hmm. What do you think, everyone at home? Tell me. Use your brains to, like, send a signal to mine right now in the past, because I've already recorded this. What's up with the lead pipe? Gerard hops up and he swishes his coat behind him and he says, and now I must be off. There is more detecting to be done. Oh, where are you going next? Au revoir. He vanishes in a puff of smoke. Oh, no. I love Detective Gerard. Can we bring him back? I'm going to put him in my mystery. <laughs> He's public domain now, baby. That's true. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> Let's bring back Inspector Gerard. Mm-hmm. Or Gerard. Or Giraud. 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 I am Inspector Giraud. Okay, so I'm assuming, like you said, like I don't know if there's much more investigating I need to do in this area, if there's already been an investigator investigating. Yeah, probably not. I think Maybe you... not around the grave, at least. Yeah, Can I check the, think... some of the views of the sea? You said there were like little viewing platforms and seats and things? Uh, yeah, there's just basically one really nice one. Uh, so you hope you hop around the hedges, you go and you sit over there and... Secrets? Secret love notes written One thing written you everywhere? notice, Poirot does not come with you. Uh, afraid of heights? I mean, he's he's that seasick. He can't even look at. Can't even look at the sea. Yeah. So you find it very lovely, getting a nice look of the town and little bits and pieces, and another train goes through, and the sea is beautiful. You can hear Poirot, even though he's on the other side of the hedge, quite well. Oh. These hedges are not as soundproof as they thought. Someone cheaped out there. That's interesting. Mm. Maybe I don't need this now, but I could use it to overhear some conversations later. Hmm. That feels like what I've learned here. Like, I don't think there's any clue to be found here, but it's an opportunity. It can be your meditation spot. Yeah, like if your, de- your Deus Ex Machina spot. I'll just come back here whenever I need to overhear people yeah. on the golf course having a, a, a conversation. Pretty much. I think. Okay, that's good to know. Well, now I've investigated the crime scene, and I got some fun info, but what do I do next? What, is my, what, are, my, what are my leads here? Yeah, are there any other places that you could go? Well, let me think. What do I need to know? Nothing. Let's arrest the wife. <laughs> no, I, I need to find out more about Bella and this mysterious lover. Whoever she is, yeah. And whether she was the one who visited. Mm-hmm. I need to find out more about his relationship with Madame Dubrow. I don't know anything about that. So I should maybe head to the Dubrow house. I need to find out more about his will. So I should talk to the secretary. But he's currently arriving, isn't he? He is on his way. So he's off. He'll be I've here got shortly. to wait till he's around. Mm-hmm. Right? So I should do something else later. But that's an interesting one to, to, to remember. I should make, you know, I should make a list. I should, because I'm going to forget this otherwise. I've got Bella, question mark. I've got Dubro, question mark. I've got Will, but that's not a name. It's a thing, question mark. I need to find out more about what his secret is. That's a big one. Hmm. What is the secret over which he's being killed? Indeed. Obviously, you assume that the police are looking into... Oh, look, Santiago I'm sure that... making some calls there, trying to find out about his old business. And, and he sent Jack away. Mm, yes, to do mysterious work, Jack. Who also works for the Air Force, apparently. He did. The war is over. Merry Christmas. He... War is over. But he was sent away yesterday. Yesterday he was sent. But he'd already be on a, on a boat. Yeah, his boat would have left last night. Ugh. So he's gone, so I can't really question him. Pa, 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 pa. Is there anything else I should be looking at? People who are listening are sitting at home going like, you idiot, you forgot to look, think about the knife. Well, I've remembered the knife now, haven't I? Um, but there's nothing to do with it. All I know is it's made out of plane wires. 
<laughs> so why is this detail in here? Can I unravel the wires of the night? As far as I am aware, no, I don't. <laughs> I'm just being true to the source in a way that makes no sense because I'm definitely not being true to it in other ways. I have cut a lot of characters. What if, hey everybody, I'm just looking back through my notes and I'm coming up with bits with some, some scandalous concept. What if the younger woman has some sort of relationship with Jack that is in some way scandalous? She's a young woman and, he's, and she turns up to this older guy's house and he's like, yeah, yeah, for God's sake, go now. Maybe there's some connection. I don't know why. This is made me think that maybe she's connected to the sun and he was like, you get out of here. And also, what if that was Jack? What if Jack's a girl? Uh, and, and, and and he said, go now to Santiago. Oh, I thought you were going to, yeah, I thought you were going to say the much more romantic thing of he was saying, oh no, Jack's already on his way to He's South America. Go now. go now. Go now. You have to catch him at the docks. Maybe that was it. Maybe that's it. Maybe she was going to catch him at the docks. That's so sweet. <laughs> For God's sake, go now. I've already told him to go to Buenos Aires because I thought you were in Buenos Aires. Aww. But you've arrived here. <laughs> I've just sent him to go after you. Go now, quickly. Also, don't stab me in the back. <laughs> I'm dead. There's something there, maybe. I'm not sure. Well, look, I don't have much to do. I'm waiting for... I don't no idea how to follow up on the secret. I'm waiting for the will guy to arrive. I don't know anything about Bella to even start that. I think my next step is to go to Debro House. Lovely. Let us go to the man to the Maison La Debro. <laughs> I right. speak French. <laughs> As you are on your way, you head down to the Dubrou house. One of the policemen comes up to you. I guess we'll call it Brax again. No, you... no, no. Give me a new policeman. I don't want to give you a new policeman. Call him, um... No, it's Bex. It's Rambo. Bex. No. Call him Rambo. No, it's Bex. It's R-A-M-B-E-A-U-X. Rambo. <laughs> We've already got enough X's going on oh, here. Oh, okay. You're fault. Talk to Bex. Bex. Is... Oh, you're heading, down... you're heading down to the Dubrou house? Yes. We've just been doing a bit of, you know, detective work. Well, police work. You know, normal police stuff. Not the detective stuff. That's your business. Uh, we've found something interesting. We, we've been mm. going through Reynolds bank statements. <gasps> bank statements. Some of those past things. Give me that, give me that info. Over the last six weeks. Yes. He is smitten with this Dubrow woman. Oh. He has given her so much money. Hey, police dude. Not smitten, being blackmailed. For what? His oh, secret. The secret. Oh, yeah, you should ask her about that. Yeah, man. Get out of here with your smitten. It's not and an affair. And this is where it was. It was like 200,000 francs or about 4,000 pounds. Oh. 200,000. Which to be honest doesn't sound like that much no. anymore. Though I guess back in 1920, it's not That's twice as much as he's given to his servant. No, his secretary. So it's four times as much. It was a thousand pounds. Oh yeah, good point. It's four thousand pounds. Yeah, that's crazy. Mm. All right, so you head down there, you knock on the small villa's door, and Martha answers. And she looks kind of nervous. She goes, I've I, I've heard a little bit about what's going on. Yes, Martha. It's a pretty terrible situation. Are there any suspects? Oh, I have Many suspects. Met? Many? Yeah, that's not a good thing. It's actually a really bad thing. You'd run there to be maybe one or two. I've got too many. Oh, dang. You know who I'm thinking? Uh-huh. Just keep this between you and me. Uh-huh. Um, but it reminds me of a book that I read once. 
She mentions being attacked by a masked man, a strong masked man with an orange beard. I think perhaps the culprit was an orangutan. <laughs> it's been known to happen. The murders of the Rue Morgue. Oh, a classic. A classic. That's been written now, yeah. Oh, That's yeah, like 80 years ago. Like a while ago. Remember that one? Mr. No, Poe I, made a convincing argument I'm that an French, orangutan... I'm French. I don't read American work. Well, yeah, you, you love America. Yeah. You guys love America. Me? Yeah, you personally. Oh. Okay, let's move on. I'm just saying that's a silly solution to a problem, it, but it's been hap- it's happened before. And if this one turns out to have an orangutan <laughs> in it, warn me now because I'm not going to find out. Um, Is your mother home? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I'll just get her. She invites you in. You go to a sitting room. and I look, I look for clues. Nothing particular. Damn. It looks pretty normal, pretty modest. And uh, Mrs. Dubroy walks in. She is... Fancy? I mean, she's not ostentatious. She doesn't look rich. But she she looks pretty cool. She she looks pretty good. She's got a striking face. One of those faces where... God, like, she just goes, oh, I know you. One of those faces. All right. I say, oh, um, Madame Dubroy? Yes. I don't know how to pronounce your name, but that's fine. That's fine. Choose your favorite. Madame Dubroy, uh, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about uh, Monsieur Renault. Uh, no problem. I don't know what I can help you with. Uh, we're obviously too far away to have noticed anything that went on at the house last night. Oh, no, of course, of course. Um, if you'll allow me to be frank a little bit, well... No, very frank. Maybe, maybe like... Should I send my daughter out of the room for this? Yes, please. Let me finish my, my bad pun, though. That Mata, I probably... ref- Mata refuses, she says. I'm 22. I'm staying. Sure. Now, look, you I, can't control me. I will say this, this probably isn't going to make the final edit. I hope you're okay with this not making the edit, or at least not making yeah. the reality of our situation, uh-huh. Madame Dubrow. Okay. Um, this conversation may canonically not have happened, but allow me to say, <clears throat> let me be frank. V- very frank. Mm-hmm. In fact, quite frank. In fact, maybe... 200,000 frank. I'd like to ask you about <laughs> your dealings with Pete. Because he said her 200,000 francs. That's my bit. That's the bit. Does she? When I say that, does she go, oh my? No, she absolutely doesn't. <laughs> Damn. Let me be pound for a second here. Perhaps 4,000 pounds. Um, it appears that you had your own dealings with Mr. Mr. Uh, Renault. You came and went from the house. He was a cordial gentleman. We talked on occasion, I suppose. You did. How often would you say you visited the home? Oh, hardly at all. He hasn't been here very long. Three times, I would say, I've been up there. Three times? Interesting, interesting. And uh, what sort of things would you discuss together? Very little. The, the local neighbourhood. Interesting, interesting. Didn't have much to talk about. No, I wouldn't think so. Now, we talked about the local neighborhood. Maybe you acted as a guide. Is that is that why he paid you 200,000 francs? He was a very generous man. You might be able to tell that he is taking a look at our places somewhat better off than we are. And Well, madame, there's generosity and then there's 200,000 francs. That's, by my calculations, about 4,000 pounds. Four times the usual stipend... Upon death for a secretary. Rich men, rich worldly men like that don't think about money in the same way that we do. Oh, perhaps not, perhaps not, but he doesn't seem like he was paying this sort of money to anybody else. Well, I don't know what to tell you. Secrets? 
Secrets. Yeah, this, this, yeah, secrets. Tell me some secrets. I don't know any secrets. God, I'm a bad investigator. Why do you, why do I have this job? Danny, can I go back to being the person in charge? Can I go back to being the writer? How do you get someone to admit to blackmail? Maybe you don't. Maybe you Maybe don't. Maybe it's not something a person would admit to. Well, then what do I ask this lady? Yeah, honestly, she is remarkably unhelpful. Yeah, she seems very uh, stoic and unbreaking. Mm. Like the rocks of the ocean. Yes. What the what sure. the rocks of words. the ocean? Those were words. I'm sorry, everybody. It's late. I shouldn't be recording this late at night. Maybe I should talk to the daughter. Maybe she'll be more yielding, like the ocean of the rocks. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, the daughter very much doesn't think she knows anything. What a boring family. Yeah, it's quite a shame. Like, eventually, you just sort of give up and you head back out. You didn't really get anything from that, except... Do they have boots? Big mm, gardening boots? No. Um, do I need to look around the grounds, maybe? Poirot agrees with you. She looked really familiar. Interesting. She looks familiar. Mm. I think back to my vaudeville actresses. <laughs> Not that kind of familiar. I wonder why she looks familiar. Did I catch from her accent, is she French? Or is she American or British or she's familiar? Why, now, why would she look familiar? Has she been in the papers, maybe? I could search to see if there's been any articles about her or maybe that would be, maybe that, that look, even if she's famous for something else, maybe that's the way to do it. Can I go to like a local library and look through old newspaper articles? Can you do that in 1920? Can I look at the microfiche? You know what? Poirot frowns. He oh, yeah, says, I'll just prod Poirot until he remembers. He says, you know what? I feel like whatever I'm remembering, I got an association with England in my head. So if I'm going to go and do some microfishing, you got to go back to England? I'm going to go back to England and take a what, look What, are we going to split up? You are going to go Poirot-less. Poirot, you can't leave me here in France. I can't solve a mystery without you. I've been posturing this whole time. I've got no skills. I need you. Wait, no, wait. I've got Jerome. Get out of here. <laughs> Solve This Murder is created by Bill Sunderland and Danny Siller as part of the Consume This Media network. To find out more about all of our shows, you can head to consumethismedia.com. A special thank you to Jared, Devon and Witt from the podcast Advanced Sagebrush and Shootouts for creating our theme music. And thanks to all of you for listening.